0: To Nonprofit Lowdown. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Rhea Wong. In this podcast, I recommend a book, tool, tip, podcast, or resource that has helped me to build a multi million dollar nonprofit organization. I've done the research, so you don't have to. Let's get started. Hey, podcast listeners, it's Rhea here with you once again. And once again, we're welcoming our resident technologista. I just made that up. Do you like it? I love it. Emily hicks Rotella. Hi, Emily. You. Hey, Ria. How are you? Good. How's your summer? Summer went by fast, but it's great. Here we are in
1: September. I know. When's
0: the last time we talked? I don't know. A while ago. Before the summer,
1: maybe? I don't know. It might have been. It's been a minute. I know. I'm sure you've been using all kinds of technology in the meantime.
0: I have been using all kinds of technology. Thank you for asking. (laughs) So actually, we were talking about the fact that we want to air our dirty laundry a little bit around the ways in which technology has helped us curb our bad habits and let's say lesser impulses yes
1: yes i mean i know i didn't start as a techie person so i've had to adopt and learn and i have a lot of missteps and things i wouldn't do again come along the way so i think we can we can model some vulnerability and talk about that love it love it okay cool you want to go first? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we were just talking about how when you come up with one tool that you like or a system that you want to use and then you find you've put a lot of work into making that and then suddenly things change. Mm-hmm. A new technology comes out or even the whatever you're using breaks and they're not going to support it anymore or just your business processes change and now you feel like all this work you've done to set something up, you have to change it. And I have been known to get really... Cranky about that, (laughs) so I've worked really hard to try to be more flexible. And a tool that I use that helps me with that flexibility is Airtable. I don't know if you've heard of it. Oh, I have heard of Airtable. Tell me more. I'm not familiar. Okay, so Airtable is sort of like Excel, Uh except a little bit prettier and more powerful. It still has all that kind of blank open space. So if you get that feeling when you open Excel of like so many blank cells and I don't know what to do all these buttons, you might still get that on your first try in Airtable, but it gives you all the flexibility that you want. So you still create like rows of data, Uh but then you can easily with the user interface, change the view of it, save new views, visualize it in different ways. You can make Kanban charts out of it. So it's a really nice tool for someone who needs a lot of flexibility in their system so that I don't go crazy when things change. Got it, got it.
0: OK, my turn. So. As an ED and being a fundraiser, I naturally had lots of meetings I had to go to Mm -hmm. and the back and forth of the scheduling made me want to shoot myself in the head. (laughs) So I downloaded and I love Assistant.2, which is a free Chrome extension where you can send people automatic times for the meeting and then they Mm -hmm. click on it and it automatically sends an appointment to your calendar and to their calendar. And it has probably saved me like hundreds of hours at this point.
1: I'm sure. And all that back and forth oh typing stuck in so the email awful. box, feeling like you don't have inbox zero. Mm, just oh my God. Inbox zero.
0: Let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about inbox zero because you just shared
1: a tool with oh, me yeah. to manage your email, and I'm, I want to try it now. Okay, so I use Sanebox. Uh-huh. And by the way, I don't think any of either of us are getting any kind of oh, financial no, compensation for this. No, we're, we're not, anything. but
0: if Sanebox, if you're listening, feel free to give us a call. Uh, yeah,
1: right. So I guess my dirty laundry part of this is that I used to live and breathe by email and use it as my task list. So uh, if something was in my inbox, it was still a to do of some mm-hmm, sort. Mm-hmm. And I that must have been one of the worst decisions I ever made, or maybe I've evolved to better things, but now I I really strive for inbox zero and I use task management really or project management instead of email management. Mm -hmm. And one of the tools that has helped me with that is SaneBox, Mm -hmm. which allows, you can train SaneBox to filter your emails, either filter them completely out of view so you never see them, filter them into folders that you choose. I have just one folder, like show me later or never show me at all. Mm. And the show me later part actually holds any of those emails, except for emergency emails like things from my kids' school, it holds all those emails to come into my inbox until about 3 p.m. So I don't even really have to worry about email management in that Gmail box until then.
0: It's so that's so brilliant because so many people I know, myself included, is like you get into this email abyss and mm-hmm. you answer all your emails and you realize like five hours have passed and you've actually not done any work. <laughs> you've just answered emails. Yeah. And frankly, emails are other people's priorities and to-dos for you. So Mm -hmm. it's actually
1: usually not that helpful. Right. Sometimes you end up being a communications manager or a project manager or something that's not really your job, but because of the email chain and everything that was in it. So I know we also talk about Slack. Maybe you have mixed feelings about Slack. Yeah, let's talk
0: about Slack first. But actually, before we talk about Slack, I I do want to talk about project management. So I use Trello to manage my tasks. and So like you, I used to use my inbox as a task list and it just, like gunked everything up. Mm-hmm. So what I do now is if I have something that needs to be done, I email it, there's an email to board settings and I email it to my to-do, my Trello board that's a to-do list And I have it set up Kanban style. So for those of you who don't know what Kanban is, it's very exciting. It's a Japanese organization technique where you basically have three or four very simple categories of to do, doing, done, and then I add dropped if they're just tasks that I've decided not to do but you keep them around just to see just to you know, see what was there what was there and then I have another column that's for people I have to get back to or like okay. emails that I have to get back to which also leads me to another tool I like which is boomerang I know a lot of folks like that as well but that's helpful because if I send out an email and I need to kind of keep an eye on it for a response but I kind of need it out of sight out of mind that's a great one to use
1: yep in, for myself in a similar situation, I put that as a task on my task list mm-hmm. and I might pick an arbitrary date mm-hmm. about check if I've got, you know, if that mm-hmm. chain was resolved, but pretty much doesn't stick around in email at all. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Slack. Okay, Slack. Okay. So that goes along with getting out of email. I think people have identified a lot of the issues that we run into using email as a form of communication. It's, gone, it's really been bloated you know, yeah. over the years that we've developed email systems. Slack is a way to try to move all of that kind of conversation mm-hmm. to a different place, out of your email box, mm-hmm. and into a world that captures more than just that conversation.
0: Mm-hmm. So I do have feelings about Slack, which <laughs> is I feel like you must use Slack responsibly. <laughs> so Slack, like any other tool, if used irresponsibly, can be also harmful. So I think... What I've seen in organizations when Slack has gone awry is when they haven't set sort of clear rules and expectations around, like, this is what we use Slack for and, you know, being intentional about, like, these are the channels that we're using. These are the conversations that are private, you know, direct message versus mm-hmm. on a channel for public consumption. And so, and I think as an organization, as an executive team, you, you kind of have to make an executive decision. Like, are you defaulting to open or not mm-hmm. and if not like what things should not be shared
1: you know it's funny it Sort of mir- what you're talking about mirrors a lot of the frustrations I hear just about email. There aren't a lot of standards of who you copy, who you blind copy, mm-hmm. when you send an email, what time you send an email, what the subject line should be, after how many responses that get mixed, do you start a new chain? Like those yeah. pro- we sort of just think everyone knows how to email yep. and just go about it. But it's been a little bit of a cluster.
0: Yep. So yep. Slack
1: could get that same way.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But that actually brings us to a good point. So we actually have an action, an action tip for you all. Yeah. Okay. Which is we? I will recommend. I, I don't want to speak randomly. I recommend that folks get together. Maybe it's one person. Maybe it's two people, and just put together sort of a standard operating procedure for all of the different communications. Whether it's email, Slack, text messages, phone calls, in-person meetings. Expectations around response time because I think a lot of people get very stressed when they don't know if they're supposed to be answering an email Mm -hmm. that their boss sends at nine o'clock at night.
1: Yeah, that clarification, I think, is a great tip because you want everyone in your organization to know the rules of the game, Mm -hmm. I guess, you know, and be able to stretch within them and suggest new things. Mm -hmm. But if you don't know, you know, you don't have any kind of guidance, then it's hard to be innovative or to identify places where things are just repetitive or Mm -hmm. slowing you down.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, I have another confession to make. I (laughs) I don't think this is like unique to me, but... I am certainly guilty of not setting myself up for success in deep work. Mm -hmm. And so I'll be working on something that requires some attention, whether it's an email or a document or whatever. And then I'll just say, like, well, let me just check out the New York Times for a second. It'll just (laughs) take it. Oh, I just I wonder what's happening on Facebook. And then, of course, that gets me down the rabbit hole. And by the way, it's not as if Silicon Valley isn't spending lots of money to make sure that my attention is fragmented, but
1: do you how have do any you good... Go, yeah, how do you get away from that? Because it seems like that's a place where technology is not helping us, no. it could be hurting us. Cal Newport, who writes about deep work, talks about that as a just check. Yeah, I mean, just check this. Yeah, totally. And it fragments your brain space, so. I, there are a couple of tools, like SaneBox we mentioned will keep Emails out notifications, just turn them off. Yeah, I was just showing you my phone screen that it's just an image. There's no apps cluttering it up because Mm -hmm. they're all just in a folder on the bottom row, and just being able to not see all that clutter. Same with your desktop. Same with your tabs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Getting rid of that clutter, I think, will help you not just switch to Mm -hmm. the thing that's open or the thing that you see. And you had mentioned the Freedom app.
0: Yeah, so I've not actually used Freedom, full disclosure, but I've heard, and I aspire to use Freedom, but it was, I think Freedom, locks out all of the different other websites that you might browse to. So it forces you to actually focus on the thing that you are working on.
1: It does. I have used it. I don't use it anymore. But now that we're talking about it, I might take it up again. My clear memory of Freedom was that I didn't do any like whitelisting to say you can have these things come through, which might have been a good thing because then when I accidentally locked myself out of my computer... I went to get a cappuccino with a friend. (laughs) So that actually was a positive break from work and let me get a new perspective. But if you don't want that to happen to you, then you have to at least manage your Freedom app.
0: Yeah. On the topic of phones, I probably about a year ago deleted all my social media apps. So I've not gone as far as to delete my social media accounts because I do need them for business purposes, but I actually... The fact that they're not on my phone anymore significantly reduced the amount of time that I spent on it because Mm -hmm. I just like to go to the browser was just an extra step. So I was creating barriers to prevent myself from just like idly checking Instagram or Facebook or any of these other time sucking apps.
1: Right. And I think that's a great step. Another step is something we talked about with naming the things that you're going to focus on. So Mm -hmm. whether it's, I had talked about having three big rocks for the day. You talked about the one big thing, two small things. Yep. Some system that you can think of that's manageable, and there's a lot written on different ways to do this, that makes you focus in. And you can ask yourself the question, is this Instagram check or is this, Mm -hmm. you know, look at the New York Times adding to what I have to do for the day, just those three things? Yep. And if not, you can try to pull yourself back.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think... So much of the most useful productivity tips are really so simple. It really, it, but it.
1: Their mindset, right? right. You don't have to be a tech person. You don't even have to really like technology to get into them. You just have to really think about it.
0: Yeah. I have a friend of mine who. Kind of went the next step with his phone. He not only took off the social media apps, but he also grayscaled his phone, oh. so it was less en- enticing to him to pick up. Because right. we still have like Neanderthal brains working in this like, <laughs> yeah. 2019.
1: So we're like, ooh, shiny. Yeah, yeah. We are not evolving yet as fast as our technology. Yeah. We really have to catch up. Yeah, I know. Introspection. And I know. <laughs> I know. And like, we, it's hard for us to like not take the dopamine hit. Yeah. Actually, something you mentioned earlier that kind of talks to this is that when we usually think about productivity, it's about what we can do, mm-hmm. but not necessarily weeding out what we shouldn't be doing or yes. maybe what we should be delegating to other people to yes. do. And it seems like that some of the work you or your friends have done to think about that, like colors mm-hmm. do not add to my productivity right now. I really don't mm-hmm. have to be messing around with the background of my phone mm-hmm. or looking at the tasks you're doing that make you pull your hair out or mm-hmm. the ones that you have a calendar reminder that's like do this every Friday mm-hmm. for two hours. Mm-hmm. Those are the kind of things you can identify to say maybe this is ripe for automation.
0: Yeah, let's talk about automation. So we talk a lot about automation, but what does that actually mean, Emily?
1: That's uh, that's a great question. I'm sure it can mean a couple of things, but what I understand it to be is setting up a system that mm-hmm. can do discrete tasks that have to be repeated over and over, mm-hmm. then they can do it for you instead mm-hmm. of you having to do them. Mm-hmm. I think one of the easiest ways to think about that is if you have a bunch of different numbers you have to get every week or every month. So mm-hmm. the number, let's, in a hypothetical volunteer organization, the number of volunteers, the number of hours that they volunteered, the mm-hmm. t- different types of events that they volunteered at, if you are calculating that each week, Week Or each month from a report where you pull out your calculator and you're Mm -hmm. (laughs) typing in numbers and you're making, you know, all the, and then typing it in or Mm -hmm. writing it in and sending it off in an email. Mm -hmm. Those are all little tasks that you probably have got down. You're like, Mm -hmm. great, now by this point I can do them fast. Mm -hmm. But a computer and a system can do them uh, like immeasurably faster, it mm-hmm. <laughs> can do tasks like that immeasurably faster than humans, mm-hmm. freeing you up to do mm-hmm. things that are not just these tasks that you pull out every week.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've talked before about different tools that help with automation. Zapier, I know mm-hmm. you mentioned
1: it's Zapier or Zapier. I feel uh-huh. like everyone Is it <laughs> says Zapier? it differently. Zapier. I, I don't like know. to call it Zapier, or because I call them Zaps. You write yeah. Zaps. Right, right, right. But maybe it's Zapier. Yeah, that's a great tool. I think it was preceded by an app called IFTT. I was just gonna say if that <laughs> if this then that yep. yeah, which is a great way also to yep. approach tasks. If you're sent, if you're doing something like if this then that, it's a mm-hmm. decision. You look at a number, you get if it's mm-hmm. this, then I have to do this. If right. it's that I have to do something else. Yep. There's an app for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the so Zapier talks to or it makes a connection between systems. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of tasks that you have to do where you're taking data or information from one place and putting it into a different place, like mm-hmm. just moving bricks, yep. you know, moving data from one place to another. Zapier came in and, and changed the game for that by creating some of those what we call API connections.
0: Yes. Love an API connection. Okay. So, we talked about. Zapier, Assistant 2, Boomerang, Trello. We
1: probably should talk about Salesforce and other CRM systems. Oh, yeah. That's a big question I see all the time. What For my organization and enter in whatever size and Mm -hmm. programs you're doing, what's a good CRM? Sometimes what's a good lightweight CRM? What's Mm -hmm. a good free CRM? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of good ones. Salesforce is great. It's getting really big. I have to say, now that I'm working with more clients doing Salesforce, it's getting really big. Mm -hmm. So I think before you even think about what system you're gonna use, you've gotta do that internal check that we were talking about. Why do I need a CRM? What are the tasks that it's gonna help me with? How Mm -hmm. do I want to be successful with a system that helps me manage my relationships? Yeah. I mean,
0: I was a sales, I am still a Salesforce girl, but of late I've started using Streak, which Mm -hmm. is actually free. And works within your Gmail inbox. And so Mm -hmm. you can categorize and look at different leads in your funnel. So for those of you out there looking for a lightweight, easy, free CRM that's not Salesforce, check out Streak. It does require some customization on the front end, but Mm -hmm. ultimately it it does save you time.
1: Yeah, I think. You know, Google add-ons and Chrome add-ons mm-hmm. are so amazing. Yeah. I, they have a lot of stuff. I just was thinking about using Zapier to get survey results from SurveyMonkey mm-hmm. into a Google spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. And it was getting a little difficult. I couldn't really write this stuff. And then I found that SurveyMonkey has a connection with Google already. Yeah. So I could just do the add-on. Yep. So nice.
0: Okay. What else are we going to talk about? So, oh, the last thing I wanted to mention. So part of my new idea about what am I doing but also what I'm what am I stopping is first getting really clear about my priorities either for the day, the week or the year month or year. And then ruthlessly editing out things that don't align with the priorities. So as you might imagine, I'm sure that the same is true for you, I get a lot of emails from folks who are like, want to meet for coffee or pick my brain. And, you know, I'm a pleaser, so I wanna say yes, but the truth is a lot of those coffees are not really fitting within my priority and goal list Mm -hmm. so i've tried this new thing i'm calling the yes no yes technique which i got from this great book free to focus which i'll post in the show notes and i may do a podcast episode about it because i'm kind of obsessed yeah but it's yes so you affirm the person because you are presumably a nice person so yes so exciting that you want to start your own nonprofit, want to start a podcast, like are you know, raising lots of money. Unfortunately, right now, I don't have time to meet because I'm prioritizing my current work and existing commitments. However, mm-hmm. see you below. I've attached a number of resources that I mm-hmm. hope might be helpful to you.
1: I like it. I like it. I was trying, as you're saying it, to think of sort of an equivalent relationship with technology. Mm -hmm. So I'll go out on a limb and and this is some dirty laundry again, some vulnerability. So there's a lot of times that I still, and more in the past, where I had a task I knew how to do and I just, the steps were complex maybe and I did them over and over, but I just knew how to do it. So I said, I'm just going to the grind. I'll just brute force it out and that makes me feel better. But I think if I used your system, actually, I might talk to my technology differently. I might say, yes, this could be done. I could do it manually and brute force it. So I have some skill. Mm -hmm. No, I respect myself too much. I'm not going to do that right now. I need to spend my time somewhere else. But yes, I will find some time to either myself or get some help in automating this task so Mm -hmm. that balls aren't dropped. Like the work still gets done, but not by me manually forcing it out.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think a lot about workflows and about potentially automatable tasks. And it's almost like, I really like analogies. So it almost feels a little bit like bailing water out of a boat without actually patching the holes, right? The patching in the holes would be creating a system, creating a workflow, creating an automation Mm -hmm. to actually seal it up. But instead we're like, no, but I'm so busy bailing the water. I don't have time to seal the patch. Like, well, well, here's
1: <laughs> the thing, actually. If you seal the hole, you wouldn't have to bail water. Yeah, you'll stop bailing water eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That must be so tough when you feel like you're the only person mm-hmm. who's bailing water. You know? Yeah. Because you, it's really difficult to manage doing both at the same time yeah. or to pause on the bailing water to fix the boat. Yeah. That seems like a good time to bring in some help and, like, maybe express some vulnerability and say, "I can't do this all by myself." Yeah, uh, and that help could be more people, more human capital. Maybe that help is some tech systems that are, can be set up to bail some of that water out while mm-hmm. you fix the fix the boat.
0: Or maybe it could be a consultant, perhaps like <laughs> like us, Emily. Not to be too self serving about it, but I actually do think having somebody who is who can see the forest for the trees yeah. can be helpful to kind of point out areas. Because Look, I'm, again, some dirty laundry. I know exactly what it feels like to be so overwhelmed that you just feel like your head is above water. So you're like, I don't have time to think about mm. the thing. I just have to do the thing. Yeah. Whereas if I had maybe taken a little bit of time to think about the thing and maybe teach other people how to do the thing, I wouldn't be so underwater. So it's like this catch 22 yeah. of like, I'm trying to keep my head above water, but also like there's a raft next to me. And if I just like swam over the raft, I wouldn't have to paddle so hard.
1: Yeah, I think that's right there. And sometimes that help probably comes from within internally, like being able to hire someone or Mm -hmm. being learning how to delegate. But I do think a lot of times whatever your hole in your boat is Mm -hmm. requires some sort of expertise that Mm -hmm. just isn't necessarily on your team Mm -hmm. or on it yet. Mm -hmm. And like hiring a consultant, even for a short time, can Mm -hmm. really help you understand what it would be like to have a help Mm -hmm. in that area Mm -hmm. and see if you want it long term. Well, yeah, I think that's
0: right. And I just think it's like hard to change your behaviors, right? So it's like you're you're used to like doing something a certain way. It requires more brain space to think about doing mm-hmm. it a different way. Did did you read is it Atomic Habits? I haven't yet, but it's on my t- I'm on line for it at the library. Okay,
1: I really liked it and there was a lot of talk about yes, forming new good habits, but mm-hmm. also the whatever the neuroscience is behind habits in general, so mm-hmm. also how to identify and potentially change bad habits. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, that's a really good one. Yeah. That's a good one fun, and like I I geek out in a big way about productivity, so (laughs) really happy to have you. Uh,
1: Thank you so much. I think what we need to challenge ourselves maybe is picking a topic where we can each be that outside person to sort of help build a system for. I (gasps) I bet, like, maybe there's some tech stuff I can do. I know on the business side that you could definitely help me figure some things out. So maybe if we offline record that somehow or talk about it and then bring the experience here to talk about it.
0: Oh, that'd be so fun. Oh, wait, I do actually remember. Okay. I wanted to talk about workflow documentation. So I think part of, this is not really automating in the same way, but part of teaching other people processes is about workflow documentation. And so, so often, especially in small nonprofits, everyone is so focused on the doing that they forget to do the part about writing down what they did so that it's replicable and can be done by other people.
1: Oh yeah, so I would plug The nonprofit technology conference from the nonprofit N10 as a place where I learned through some sessions on knowledge management, knowledge Mm -hmm. management technology, Mm -hmm. how this typically gets pushed to either the last step of a project and then forgotten, Mm -hmm. or it's never even on a project plan to do some documentation and knowledge management. So that's been my concern going into any projects is to say, where's the knowledge management line? Where's the piece where we... Think about that ahead of time. Yeah.
0: Are there any tech tools that you've used in order to help with knowledge management? I
1: haven't used anything that that's that wonderful. I would love the opportunity to try stuff out. I mean, I think there's things that we use already that need new mindsets about them. Mm -hmm. How we use Google Drive to Mm -hmm. manage knowledge. Google Drive is pretty powerful with its version history tracking, with Mm -hmm. its ability to keep the same file in multiple folders, mm-hmm. obviously all the collaboration. Mm-hmm. Now it just got better with Microsoft integrating you know, the Microsoft documents better into Google documents. I think there's a lot just there, but it's hard to take advantage of all of those benefits if you don't start with at least some sort of plan, some yeah. idea or vision about how you want it to be managed.
0: Yeah, because I think that just brings us back to the original point, which is like no tool in the world is going to make up for making a decision and Mm -hmm. putting effort behind doing the thing so yeah For those of you out there, I mean, I I talk a lot about how you create an internal wiki, so to speak, and I've used Notion, which is quite Uh, good. And what's nice about Notion is you can actually link to different things. So much like Wikipedia, you can like write down all of the things and then link to specific documents and so forth in your Google Drive. So
1: very nice. Yeah, I know like Jira has a pretty good suite of tools for that Mm -hmm. confluence, and there's probably a toast more. Now I think I'm going to go searching for all the knowledge management systems to be able to talk more knowledgeably about them. Great, great, great. Well, Emily, as always, so fun to have you and we're going to
0: do that project and we're going to bring it back.
1: That sounds great. great. Thanks,